nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up Where are you guys right now? At the ranch. Uh, in the clubhouse. Say, guy. That's the last wow. time you can see Tom for Tom, uh, yeah. Tom can you put something maybe in the front so we can put the thing like right here? All right, shut up, Tom, now. No, you have to play with the calicos. <laughs> I don't have to play with fucking shit. <laughs> All right, are we ready to get going? Are we ready to start? They look. You guys look pretty good the other night, just so you know. I watched the whole thing. I watched both games. They looked amazing. Yeah, they did. They're, I still think you're the best team. We're looking all right. We're looking all right, but of course there are some mountains to climb. Uh, so, all right. On that note, why don't we why don't we get going? Yep. Anyway. All right. This is Shut Up Stein, and I am your host Stein, and I am co-hostless. This is a toastless episode. Uh, Toast is driving um, from Savannah to wherever the fuck he. I thought he lived in Savannah, but I don't know. He lives in some horrible part of Georgia. And there's probably an inch of snow, so no one's going anywhere because they're stupid out there. But what are you going to do? Uh, I have a couple of really fun guests today that I've been trying to plug into this show for quite some time for obvious reasons. If you've been listening to recent episodes of the show, you know that I've been talking a lot about a league called Premier League Wiffle, which I, in my opinion is a great name for a league because if you look up Premier League on something like Twitter, you immediately get like the Premier Soccer League. Um, and it's just, you know, maybe you get some hashtags caught up in there by accident. Oh, no. Um, since both of our guests are new and since it's possible that we might have some folks from that league listening, um, I want to explain the rules of the podcast to, to any potential new listeners. Basically, the way it works is the name of the game is uh, I uh, provide a series of questions. Y'all provide a series of answers. I offer a series of bad takes. Once throughout the episode, each of my guests are able to call out a shut up Stein moment. And at that time, I ring my little bell and you have 30 seconds of uninterrupted time to say whatever it is that you want. Normally, Toast gets two of those per episode, but he's not here. So fuck him. And you can't have his shut ups. I get his shut ups. How about that? Perfect. Perfect. Taking these rules up as I go. Uh, so without any further ado, uh... I forgot to ask Trench, how do you pronounce your last name? Pacone. Pacone. I thought that's what it was. I just didn't want to fuck it up. So my guest. probably something else during uh, early <laughs> hundreds. My guests today are Chad Phillips and Trench Pacone of the Premier League Wiffle Ball League Wiffle Ball League. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you guys on here because What's this up? is this is the league that I have recently joined, and I credit this league to reinvigorating all of the joy in my life. So thank you for being here, folks. I'm excited to uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, we've been working hard to get this league going. There's a lot of man hours that are put behind here. Um, kind of gaining a little traction. I understand that you obviously play and you're doing your podcast. So super thankful for having us on here. Yeah, yep, and sure. this, this is probably going to be a series of plugs in this episode because there's so much that y'all are in the, yeah. in the beginning of doing. Um, so I, I, I'm excited about it. But before oh, yeah, we get I'm into one of my uh, dings or whatever for uh, a, a plug. for sure. <laughs> Okay. All right. But before we get to all that, we need to do what we do every episode. I want to learn about our guests, find out 
your uh, your history of wiffle ball. Where did it start for each of you? And how did you find yourself connected to Adam Tanik, who has been a previous guest of this show and the man largely responsible for the Ranch Island PLW situation? So I don't know who wants to go first. Um, I'll go from- first just because I probably ran into Adam first, uh, okay. probably over a few, two years ago. A friend of mine invited me to uh, the hideaway here at PLW Field. Um, I played a little wiffle ball. I was okay. Uh, shortly thereafter, though, I tore my bicep and uh, wasn't able to play for like a while, right? Just mm. found this place, awesome, whatever. Tore his bicep swinging a bat playing wiffle ball. <laughs> just to make sure we get that on the record. Holy nice. cow, but that's not the story I use when I'm out at uh, the clubs. You know, <laughs> Why not? What do you mean? You gotta. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I don't know if you knew uh, this, but uh, I'm a professional <laughs> athlete. <laughs> Look at this little plastic ball. I'm like, I'm a <laughs> no, I get it. Um, but I've been here from the inception of PLW. Me and him strategize quite a bit each week. Um, as a player, not very good, but I love being a part of it. Um, and of course, as you know, we're tied into some other things and why we even do wiffle ball, which I'll mention a little mm. bit later. But um, to just watch this grow, meeting people like Chad, you, other people. I didn't know wiffle ball was such a not extreme but there's some passionate people out there Passion. playing yeah playing some wiffle ball um that take this real serious and i never thought it would come mm. i never thought it was like that so i'm just to, to be to watch it grow and to be where we are now and i know just exponentially we're just going to keep on growing and growing and growing because the our wiffle ball field is a really nice place to play that it is. And the, the year of the word in the wiffle ball community is pash. And if I get my way, you're going to learn some very new shit about just how passionate these guys are. Okay, um, great. Yeah. When it, com- when it comes to meeting some of the guys and, and organizing some of the events, um, that's, that's the influence that I'll have on this league. Hopefully more on that later. Let's hear from our second guest, Chad. Chad, tell me the history of your wiffle life. Well, uh, I grew up... Uh just with numbers and with baseball and until I was 15, 16, 17 years old, those, those are the only two things that I knew. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously I, I, I had the dream of playing, but I, I never really got good enough to be, uh, to be physically out there with the big boys. So I gave it up and I became a professional umpire. And when I got into the low minor leagues, I, I hated it right away. And I, I got out of it and mm-hmm. I became a professional poker player. So that kind of came for about 10, 12 years, but that's kind of dried up in the last five years as well. And uh, so I, I ended up working as a poker dealer, COVID hit. And uh, my best friend, uh, he had this wiffle dream too. And he he came and he, he needed a rules guy. So he brought me with him to introduce me to Adam and me, mm-hmm. me and Adam kind of hit it off right away. And we've put together uh, you know, because it was almost like translating a language, trying to get major league rules into, you know, the, a good, perfect translation to wiffle ball. And, and uh, the numbers come natural to me. So, you know, I've got and, and Tom has told us a couple of times as many wiffle leagues around the country and the stats are all just kind of whatever. Like and mm. we, we have perfect numbers and we have, I believe, perfect rules for this league to uh, to be competitive where, you know, an old man like me can uh, compete with these these athletes that are 25, 26, 27 years old due to the fact that there's a 55 cap and they, they kind of take them a while to figure it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of right where I live. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a wonderful transition into 
an explanation of what goes on at PLW because I've plugged it on the show many times. Between having Adam on in like October or September and now, so much has changed from formatting to rules to the number of people involved. So I'm gonna do my best to give a really quick description of the way that the league works. For those listening, they follow essentially yard style rules. They have a max of 55. However, you can throw the ball as hard as you want to as long as someone swings at it. If it's faster than 55 and it's a called strike, it's a ball. Um, That's the big, uh, I guess, thing that they've got. And they have a radar gun that is sometimes a little spotty, but everybody uses the same radar gun, so it is what it is. I really don't believe it's that spotty, actually. I I think we've got it pretty on point, and uh, maybe the really, really cold weather kind of tickled with it a couple times, but Mm. the last few weeks, I really haven't disagreed with any pitches that it's called. I mean, if you get that, that... strategize wiffle player who can get the ball like yourself to move sideways mm-hmm. and back. I think it's taking more distance and time and you're, it, even though it's going 59, it's only reading 53 for you because you know the wiffle. When you get these baseball players coming in, <laughs> they're throwing hard cutters and sinkers that are not taking anything Chad, off. Chad, 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 you talk too much. It's, it's okay, <laughs> man. It's okay. No, but none of these guys can figure it out. That's the only problem. Yeah, so that's the thing about PLW. It is very new, and there's some greenhorns in it. And, uh, you know, I've been very impressed by the level of passion that I've seen from guys. I know that in talking with some of the dudes on my own team, you know, I, I have a little bit more experience than some of them, and so I know certain things about what you can do with the ball and you know i've been sharing that stuff with them they've been super eager to learn um but yeah that 55 radar gun enforced is important uh, because it you know it sets a standard and you deliver on that standard the only other weird rule in this league is that when there's a ground ball you don't have to swallow it in most leagues you're going to have to gobble it up and it can't hit the ground in this league from the moment that the ball crosses the plate you have exactly five seconds to field and fire home as you would in most leagues these days. Um, so they've got a backstop. Their backstop is substantially wider. However, I would submit that over time, it's going to get narrower and narrower. Um, and and if you've already done that. The double play follows the flip rule. And there is a more narrow patch that you can only hit on the fly when turning a double play. So... Um, I think those are the only peculiar rules. Um, you you do base running, but it's like chess pieces on a chessboard. So yeah, very little right. actual base running Ex- occurs. Except um, for the tagging up of third, of course. And that's, yes, you're you're correct. There's a new rule. They have a tag rule. Most folks know what that is, except the wrinkle in their tag rule is that the runner actually runs from third base. And if the ball beats the runner home on a bounce or whatever, the runner is out. If the runner beats the ball, the runner is safe. I think that's quirky. I'm not sure if it'll stick forever, but I, I like the experimentation and I like the, uh, the yeah, idea we're just, behind we're it. We're just trying to add a little bit more of an mm-hmm. exciting play when there's like a fly ball out there and you have mm-hmm. to kind of be testy with it. Um, it really, I don't know if we've, we've has it happened? It's happened three times, three times. now in about uh, 45 games, maybe, maybe a little less, maybe 35 games. So. Has anyone been out yet? No. I didn't know so. a couple of them were, uh, but, but we saw a deep one to the wall that Ryan Chen caught at about the 97 mark. I would say mm. he got it home in a hurry. So, uh, Interesting. the guy didn't tag. He was kind of out of it at third though. And, uh, yeah. he's lucky he didn't tag. You know what I want to say Stein about that 55 mile an hour rule though. Hmm. Hmm. I like to call it one word and one word only 
it's an equalizer. So mm. what it does is when I've faced Adam, when we practice and stuff and he's throwing 75, 81, all this kind of stuff, who's going to win these games? Every single time we play one-on-one, -on -one, Adam's going to win, right? Mm -hmm. But when we could bring it down to 55, not that I'm going to win some humongous amount of games, but now I could play. You got a chance now. Yeah. You, you now got a chance. You're not going to go over yeah. 20 now. Now you're going to find a win or two or five in that in those three Right. Games. So I, I like to just call it an equalizer. And at first, a lot of people that play this game are a hundred percent like not feeling it. They're used to their old ways. Even mm -hmm. the two walk rule that we have, we'll, a lot of people. We'll we'll get into that. We're going to okay. talk about that in a moment. That okay? That'll be something else. Um, so change rocks the very core of athletes mm. is what it does or competitors mm. but they come to find out after like a little bit it smooths over and the game just gets really good that's why these games are like competitive and there's mm -hmm. like a lot of excitement yeah we have a couple of yep. legit athletes in the league right now for sure and it, and it is 100 a league there is a draft each year yep. there are franchise owners coaches general managers and of course our very own guest uh chad phillips acts as umpire in games that of course he's not playing in um tom gannon i've seen him up in the press box which y'all now have uh, on top of the press box he's line judge and so, you know, it's cool when you have guys who are at the field who are not playing mm -hmm. because they can help with stuff like that. And uh, for the record, this is one field. It is a I would consider it a fast pitch field. We're talking 97 to left, 95 to right, something like that. Right. And 113 to center. 93, 91, and then the power alleys are 103, 101, and then mm -hmm. center is 113. Yeah, and in left field, they have a bit of a, a heightened, um, yeah. a, a bit of a high wall. Yeah, so in left field, there's like a- uh, Nine foot. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's probably nine feet. It's like one of those containers, uh, mm -hmm. so it makes it where you kind of, it's in our own little green but brown monster a little bit. Um, so it's not very easy to hit a home run, so when you do, you have that excitement as if like you just hit a-, a mm -hmm something in a stadium you know what i'm saying because yeah. it's not easy to get out there good yard the other thing to consider about the field is that it is very wide so i would consider this a fast pitch field this is a field that i would expect to play a fast pitch game on and so y'all are playing with standard yellow bats now you would think that this makes it a very pitcher friendly atmosphere however it's also the 55 limit rule, of course, and it's clean ball. It's unscuffed bucket style pitching. No two balls are gonna move the same. So there's gonna be a lot of contact. And from what I've seen, there, there have been some nail biters. I mean, in, in the two games that yeah, the yeah. Calico's played to open their season, both won nothing. So that does happen. But uh, we also saw games where uh, it ended 13-15. And the first that, team Stein, to score 15 Stein, that wins. was all you, buddy. Those one nothing games. All you. <laughs> Let's get the positives in early here. You know? <laughs> yeah, all yeah you, those were some good very, games. Very good performance that night all around by you. I just want to let you know, this is what happens when you when you give another guy player of the week. He comes in the next day and gets raked right off the field. That's, oh, that's yeah. the we, whiff gods angry well, with the I'm decision. I'm a real manager, too, and I already watched him, and I knew what to do against him, and I told my teammates exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like it, Stein, where there has been some 1-0 games, some 7-2s. Mm -hmm. There was that 15-10 game. We probably yeah. won't see something like that for a long time. But those were also two new teams, new pitchers, feeling it out maybe a few more walks i mean you were up in the game so yeah oh yeah that was a crazy game down eight zip top one and they come back to walk it off 15 10 in the third because we have a rule also 
uh, our mercy rules are 10 after two mm-hmm. uh, complete or 15 clean just walks off the game. And and yeah. this this team was a softball team as well. So they're used to playing 27 to 23 yeah. games. And when they heard they heard that it was 15 and the game was going to be over, they were like, what is this rule? So they, they have yeah. to adjust pretty quickly. But still, it's a lot of runs, 15. I, I don't want to see any more than that. In the game. You do so. it in the name of timeliness. You do it because you have one field and only one field, and you've got six to eight teams playing on a given night. Guys got to get the games in. I, I said it when I was in the booth with you, Trench, the other day. You got to know the rules of the league you're in. And if you yeah. have a problem with the rules of the league you're in, you bring it up with the people who run the league, and then you're ideally, it's considered, and, and, and a decision is made. Now, speaking of that, uh, I would like to talk about the two-walk rule. Because for me, when I pitch, um, planned walks are, uh, are are part of my design. Um, I am the type of pitcher who I prefer to let batters get themselves out. Uh, but the rule in PLW is if you're pitching and you walk two batters throughout the game, a five inning game, after your second walk, you're out, you're gone. Someone else has got to come in. And the only exception to that is if you are the final player on your team, then you have unlimited walks. So walk me through the logic of that rule, because as far as rules go, that's the only one that I see. And I'm like, oh, I don't really like that. Or maybe that could use some changing. Well, the, the first thing with that rule is, is we don't want, if when there's one really good player on a team, we don't want to be able to work around that same player all game long. Like, I really try and save my walk for the fourth or the fifth inning when I when there's an obvious spot and I, I know how to get a couple of hitters out for sure, but there's one guy in the lineup that I know that could get a hit at any time. It might be you, Stein. I might need that walk in the fifth for you. So mm-hmm. um, two, two walks. Uh, number one, we want to keep the pitching line moving. We don't want one player to dominate the entire league. And, uh, that, <laughs> and what, what would that translate to, like, major league? Like if, if if you were going nine innings, you'd have what like like three and a half or four walks, right? Yeah, Something yeah. Like that. And I noticed that your stats because they they keep stats and they're updated meticulously. Which bravo! I know how difficult it is to keep. Oh, stats that's in the that's all me, man. I yeah. got I. Got I know. So I see. Chad Chad wears many hats in this league. Yeah. Many 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 hats, and we're gonna talk about one of them in a little bit. But yeah, so I noticed that the stats are per nine. So if you take a per nine approach, it's like, well, yeah, we're looking at almost four walks per game, which is reasonable. Personally, if I had my way, I would say it would be cool to add a third walk. I think three is the magic number. Yeah, I just think with three, I think you'd see a lot more probably complete games and not as much of a pitcher rotation. We already had uh, 16 complete games in the first 32, and then I think we're 48 games started now, and I think it's... 23 complete games so mm-hmm. i don't know man when we got pitchers like myself and yourself and alex carrasco mm-hmm. and uh even levi was able to throw three straight complete levi, games I mean, Shane it's not, on the snappers absolutely this, i mean the this, sandby, definitely no snappers, yeah. brandon brandon mayo almost threw a perfect game the other day and he didn't walk anybody still like he doesn't need three walks he's, yeah. he's too good of an he's too good of a player i mean two mm-hmm. walks is enough it, it gives you a chance to work around one hitter one time and it gives mm-hmm. you it, it, what also happens is that when you make that mistake in the first inning and you get that walk, oh man, the pressure's on and the other team knows that like, all right, you can't walk anybody now. You, you, you almost have to either A, be selfish and throw a pitch so you don't walk out or B, trust your teammate to come in behind you to, to get out of your mess. And, you know, I, I don't want to throw a 
a juicy three, two pitch to you just because I have a walk. Like if I don't have a walk, I can, I can make you chase, but if you're a good yeah. hitter, you're going to take that walk. And now, I mean, it's a big, big decision, I think. And I, I really mm -hmm. like that three just doesn't bring as much strategy into the game as two does. We've walked through an entire team twice. We've walked through an entire mm -hmm. team and it happened the other night and the Bombers won all five of their guys walked two, and their last pitcher, TJ, terrible decision, terrible managing, but that's another story. And he saved with the lead, he saves his ace until yeah, uh, well, too late, but they well, bail him out anyways. I think what you're going to find is that there are rules that you can implement that try and even things out across all teams. And I think the number one thing you want in a league is parity. If there are 42 games in a season, like in PLW, you would hope that the first place team wins maybe 30, 32 games and that the last place team wins maybe 20, 22 games. You want it to be close, right? And so you can establish rules like a draft rule or, or you know, forcing players to use all of their pitchers. What you're going to find is that guys adapt to them. And every time you make a rule in whiffs, there's a loophole in it and the loophole will get exploited. So you bandage it. Then there's another one. Then you bandage it. So it's a constant evolution and a constant game. You say, uh, you say that, but I am a loophole exploiter and I have <laughs> seen these loopholes before they're exploited. And, mm -hmm. uh, I've already, I catch everything early, I think, but you're right about that. And I'm just a loopy type of guy. So let me just tell you, um, it wasn't like we just threw that number out there. Mm -hmm. There has been so many like Saturday draft days and me and Adam getting a bunch of people together during the week without PLW, testing out like all these different rules and then finally just implementing. And it just seems like they're going, uh, going well and the new, the new players that come in, for sure, it's an adaptation. But over time, just like a Chad probably thought two was too high or low, is now mm -hmm. very confident that that's the number. Co mm. Common sense has taken over in most of these transitions of trying to get the, you know, the actual baseball being played on the wiffle ball field and making it so it's not a athlete-dominated sport mm -hmm. where, yeah, athletes can certainly come dominate. There's no doubt that Adam, sure. is, right, right. Adam is a monster athlete, but he has learned to keep it right in the 55 range. I mean, you throw strike one, too. I mean, I talk too much, you say, but once you throw strike one, like, who's laying off a 63 at that point? O2, you're swinging. You can't lay off 63 down the middle, O2. Maybe 63 you can, but 58 you can't. 58 is going to be tough. 58 is going right. to be tough. That's a good number, 58, I'll say that. Yeah, but, but when it's 2-1, I mean, now you're just spitting on that and it's, mm -hmm. it's three one and now it's yep. like oh god now it's meatball and let stein rip it or gamble and come with my submarine riser and hope i can keep it under 55 and that he doesn't you know it's a tough decision at you that gotta point. pass me last time so i'll give you credit there okay there's one other thing that i want to talk about before we move on to the plugs because i feel like the plugs are going to take the final quarter of the show so um one of the hats chad that you wear is you are uh i guess for lack of a better term commissioner i mean it's tannic field and it goes down at at the ranch where a bunch of you guys live and you know tannic i would say is kind of the face of the league but in terms of people who are responsible for enforcing rules contacting managers and those sort of logistics that's you chad right uh, pretty much i mean me and adam uh, kind of realized we're on the same page with almost everything so uh, I know when I, I reach out to Adam quickly on the side and, and need to make sure that what I'm what I'm doing is correct, but I, I kind of know what flow he's looking for, and I, I my my integrity is number one. So I just want I make sure that everything mm. is clean, and uh, you know, sometimes it's been tough initially refereeing my own games, and you know, refereeing mm. against 
even Adam's team with some really intense games on the line. And uh, mm-hmm. so we're trying to clean that up and uh, teach some other people to be able to be line judge and stuff. And because yeah. uh, we really just need that neutral set of eyes. And we can get the rule after it happens, but you yes. just need to see the play. And then we'll yes. know. No, That's what it, in that. the moment, you need to see it in the moment. And so, so as an umpire, I've noticed that you are a very aggressive vocal umpire. And it's almost like, and correct me if I'm if I'm misspeaking here, but it's almost like you can tell when the players are about to get into an argument about a call. And so preemptively, you sort of step in and you make the call and 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 just squash it. Like I remember, I was watching um, after the Calicos played last Monday. There was another game where uh, someone hit a ball. And it was the pitcher's call, and the third baseman started saying, "Hey, no, 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 that was this, that was this." And Chad, you, you said, "Shut up! I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from you and you only, because you're the pitcher and it's your call." And so that sort of aggression—is that something that you've noticed? Like, the the league needs it; uh, otherwise, guys will bicker. Or is that just something that uh, is part of your personality as an official? Yeah, I, I am. I am an official. I, I've still umpired high school uh, baseball out here for. Uh, the last 10 years and um, I just am able to see how people feel and think from my my poker skills and just my intuition to what people are seeing and thinking mm. and misunderstanding for that matter and uh, I don't want fighting out here I, I know the damn rule and I, they may yell and he may yell but I know the call when I, mm. when I don't know the call I know who saw what needed to be seen to get the call right a lot of times I, I'll let the bickering go for 5 to 10 seconds just because I want to see who's the who's the passionate one? Who's the one that really knows what happened? And like yeah. one guy's just yelling for his team and the other guy's like, no, no, this is what happened. And I can read mm. uh, their body language a lot of times. And, you know, I've ha- I just uh, have an intuition for that. Sometimes I step in early because there's no reason for any uh, arguing. And I, I, I've seen what Adam wants and I'm just kind of trying to take over in the right way. And uh, mm. he's got a lot on his plate. So he doesn't, he wants me to take care of the wiffle ball sure, stuff. So. Sure. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Chad. This is something that you should look out for as guys like me and Gannon and uh, Maccabi and even guys like Randy Dalby, as we go out of our way to bring outsiders in, you're going to encounter guys who hate the idea of an umpire in whiffs. And we've talked about it on this show before. And I'm not, I'm not telling you guys how to do your job. I'm not going to tell them how to do their job. I'm just saying. When some of the dudes come out and visit, they're not going to like having an umpire. So I am personally very excited to see how that unfolds from like a a wiffle drama standpoint. (laughs) I really personally want these situations to take care of themselves immediately on the field and not have to be Mm -hmm. the umpire. And and that's another thing I can let something go five, seven, eight, ten seconds. So I got because that the call is made right, but like if it's a fair foul call, somebody hopefully is going fair foul, Mm -hmm. like and getting it right right away. Mm -hmm. But when when something else happens, like the call just needs to be right. And once it's not going to be, I, I need to step in and make sure it's right. I, I'm just, mm-hmm. if things aren't right and have integrity, I mean, we're, this guy's messaging me on the side about their stats constantly. We've missed an error in one of the games this week because mm. seven earned runs to happen. But wow. then as we dug deeper into the rule, the second protector, the second pitcher isn't protected from his ERA from that first pitcher's error. So even though the first pitcher left with the bases loaded, the, the third out would already have been made. The second pitcher comes in and dumps that first guy's runners. Those are all unearned. But anything he mm. does in succession after that, even though they were all two outs, they were all earned runs that the second pitcher gave up. So, I mean, that's just getting things right. And, uh, I mean, these guys are looking at their stats closely, and they, they want them right, whether it's 
I've had so many conversations about hit error. I now have a neutral party in Massachusetts that doesn't give a damn rat's ass about anything, but he knows everything there is to know about replays. And and I send him the uh, the play. I send him mm-hmm. a clip of the play. I'm like, hit or error. And he calls it right away. Only That's only when me and Tom are 100% disagreeing on it. If mm. we can't sway each other, uh, then I send it to a neutral party. And if I think I need to send it to three neutral parties, I'll, I'll do that as well. I just wow. want to get it right, man. That's it. Wow. Well, you love to see that. Okay, we've got some time left, so let's uh, let's shift into the portion of the show where we sort of, uh, you know, I guess we, we're going to make some plugs here and kind of go over what's what's big in the league, things to look out for, important dates, and, and just things that are worth noting. Before we do that, I'll say uh, one of the one of the great things that's uh, cool about this league is the social media presence is aggressive and growing. Uh, so you can watch live streamed games on the YouTube channel. Um, they play Mondays and Thursdays. You can tune in, tune out. You've got usually Trench or someone similar in the booth. They have um, a really good job of, of doing live commentary with layover. They have two cameras, so you you see from behind home plate as you as you would expect to. And then they have a, a, a guy in the field with a camera kind of pointing uh, and allowing a play to happen so he can point it toward the outfield he can point it toward the pitcher wherever it may be and so this is something that i I think will get a little bit more um uh, i think it'll be more perfected as time goes by we're gonna learn about different ways i mean you were back there stein you could see that like what we were doing and it it takes a little crew of somebody doing the numbers because when you're watching the game you could see it's Mm -hmm. top of the first bombers up for this and you know we're gonna start adding it where there's you know, averages and all that kind of stuff. So that type of stuff is, is, is coming and having that second camera angle that we just did this week too. Once that gets a little bit like more streamlined or whatever, we're going to have some awesome, awesome footage of some of these plays that are happening. Yeah, man. And like, and so that's what, that's what impressed me about because the, the league is so juvenile. It's so young. Um, yeah. But the, the passion is just so intense that we're going to start seeing a, a degree of presentation and professionality that you would expect from a league that's been around for several years, which is very impressive. Um, yeah. So the, the immersive experience for the players who get to see something like an average or listen to the commentary or, you know, it's something that they can share with their buddies because now you're not just staring at two guys in a field. You've got the commentary they're explaining who's up at bat. And that's a really big part of promoting the game. Mm-hmm. Now, the other big thing is that all of this takes place on a really cool wiffle ball field. But that wiffle ball field is connected to an absolutely sick ranch. So tell me a little bit about what goes on at the ranch. Um, that's probably a little bit more my deal. So the reason why wiffle ball is even like play the way we do is we played for uh, a ranch island rescue, which is our rescue here where we have some farmed animals in the back, which is totally my jam. It's what I do. I've always been an animal activist or whatever. So me and Adam over months and months and a couple of years of thinking about what we should do, we tied in wiffle ball into the uh, Ranch Island Rescue. And you see Wiffle Ball Winnie pictures out there with Mm -hmm. the pig and stuff like that. So we're really trying to get the players excited about why we do this. We're going to do a little bit better job of of, uh, getting players out there to the rescue or whatever, because we're more than just a Wiffle Ball field. We're, we're, we're a rescue, the, the property, of course, you've been here. I don't know if you've been here in the summer or not, but that's popping off soon. And it's just mm-hmm. really nice to the players. You know, one thing that we do here is we offer, you know, there's food. We offer them, you know, beverages if they want. And we just really make it accommodating for all the players when they come here. So they feel like they're at home. And mm-hmm. some of the new teams, they're new. They don't, they're not 
grooving quite yet, but just like you or the Calicos last year, Warbirds, they were in the same spot, but now we're all good friends hanging out. You know, yep. the, the, the energy is really good here at the uh, Wiffle Ball and Ranch Island Rescue. Camaraderie. And it's also important to note that um, there uh, is a, a, although it's, I believe it's currently not functioning, a very large hot tub, a grotto, a full oh, bar. we were in it today, Stein. It was, we were, it was, I, I saw him functioning out there. Oh, there you go. So it's 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 more than just um, you go out, you play whips, you go home. This is both the wiffle ball field and the after party. And yeah. that is something that I don't think, as far as I know, I don't think the wiffle ball community has ever experienced, which is why I've been plugging this place like crazy. Let me tell you, Stein, they have if they have no clue until you get here. You you have to come here to really see what we're what we're doing here. It's mm-hmm. an, an incredible place. It, it takes a lot to run this, as you can see. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the wiffle ball alone. It's five. We got Chad, uh, Tom, Mark, Adam, Casey, like basically all the sand vipers mm-hmm. that are around, plus Chad, a warbird. Um, Jason Stevenson's been helping out quite a bit, also a monster in the batter's box. Um, so there's guys really passionate about helping this thing grow. Just getting getting right now, they're putting in the booth. I mean, the guy's doing it all on his own time and his own donation to the, Absolutely. the ranch. He's building it. I mean, that press box is going to be insane mm. soon. It's it's almost done. I'm sick and tired of looking at that saw and those boards out there. <laughs> yeah, but, we're getting there. But let, me, but let me tell you, it's going to be nice once it's finished here. And I'm yeah, hearing rumors about building a deck out in center field, about putting seating on top of that big wall. So there's a lot in plan. I don't know if it's all gonna happen. Um, I, I, I wish we could talk about all that more, but we've only got a couple minutes before we have yeah, to wrap ahead. up. So um, big events coming up, March oh, yeah, 27th. Chad, what, do we have some tournaments going on? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, son, go ahead. No, so March 27th and March 28th, right? That's the two day medium pitch tournament. Um, how much does it cost to register per team, 250? Geez, I, I'm not even sure, man. I'm that those details. I'm I'm so caught up in the season right now that That's the, fair. the March the end of March tournament, I uh what is it, twenty five hundred first place or something? I think it's so two it's grand for first, five hundred to second. Okay. And I okay. wanna say so, it's two fifty per team, sixteen team max. So that's yeah, that sounds about that sounds about right. Yeah. It should be interesting. And, uh, and for those who are interested, I don't think y'all have reached your cap, right? No, there's still some. There's still, it definitely still open. I think we saw nine teams. I think nine teams are registered or something. I don't know if I'm going to end up playing in that. uh, A little more than halfway there. A little more than halfway there. And you've got to remember, folks, when you, if if you want to, because my team is flying out to come play here. Um, Flights to Vegas are very cheap right now. If you come out and you play this, this place, it runs entirely on donations. So, you know. You get the opportunity to play and hang out all day at this really cool place. Show them a little love. Do y'all have a Patreon? A Patreon for the Wiffle Ball uh, League? Is that, just for, like, just for, like the, for Ranch Island, yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, like, let me see. I forget I forget which how we go through on that, but you can go to like RIR donate and mm. it, you can see all that type of stuff. Every, like might, you said, everything is, is is goes to the rescue as mm-hmm. we're a 501c3. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and so I might recommend a Patreon because then what you can do is I know that y'all are starting a podcast and you, should, you live stream your games and you might be able to think of a way for Patreon donators to get some sort of elevated experience. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, through, through their contact, Patreon might, might recommend looking into that. Um, and then uh, the, the other big tournament isn't until September. It's going to be the week after the NWLA National Tournament. Um, for those uh, of y'all who, who don't know when that is, it's in September. That one's going to be a fast pitch tournament, correct? No, it'll be the same. Oh, same the same? Rules. Why did I think that was fast pitch? Uh, no, that'll be I the just want to play fast pitch on that field. It's such a good fast pitch field. Well, come, well, you come down. You got to come. Why don't you plan on coming down here for like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday sometime and hang out for... You can bring your dog, I think, some way. I think they said... Hey, Adam said you can bring him. I remember signing his comic. Wasn't his team playing that day? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, what about that, Stein? What happened there? So you're, you're, up, you're up in the booth announcing, and I'm ready for you to be out there on the field, and uh, you're, you're gone. I was like, what is going on? I actually had you in the lineup that first yeah, game. Yeah, like, yeah. So I, I had a friend. The reason that I was in Vegas that day is because I had a friend come to visit me, and I had to pick her up from Vegas. Um, but as y'all know, part of the reason why the, the snappers had to drop me is because I can't play those late games because if I finish at 11 o'clock Vegas time, I'm not getting home until at least two in the morning. My time, I got to teach early in the morning on Tuesdays. It's not going to work, but I will be up there Thursday to play my double header at 5 PM. So you can expect to see me in two days. Yeah. But the bombers told me to tell you that they're not worried at all. And I proceeded to put $20 on you guys, just a a two game sweep, uh, 20 against TJ. He's actually told me that he's not, he's going to try and not throw Brandon, who, like, if we were to rate pitchers on a scale of one to 10, Brandon's like an eight and a half. Their Mm. second best pitcher is like a 3.9. And then it goes (laughs) 3.7, 3.2. I watched those guys swinging the stick on Monday, and they were looking pretty nice. So we'll see what what we got for them. Yeah. But I'm excited yeah, for it. Yeah, he's pretty confident about that. But, all right. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we've got for this show. I know there's so much more we could talk about here. I will continue to remind our audience of what's going on in this league. But until then, this has been Shut Up Stein. Thanks so much to my guests for joining. Thanks, man. Thanks, Stein. We'll see you on Thursday. See you Thursday. Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow Thursday. Fuck. Though. I'll see you tomorrow. Just left the big house to a bigger house Ain't have a girlfriend, but the bitch is out Chanel croc back, shit ain't even out With the gold chains, Himalayan, Birkin, cocaine Lit it up, pop shit 